Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Good Saturday, good weekend, good grief, it's cold. Holy smokes, have you noticed the frost on, frost on the pumpkin this morning? Yeah, we're deep enough into the uh, season to even have pumpkins in the garden. Maybe some cucumbers and various other things. 54 degrees. Heavy dew this morning. Maybe you noticed it. Old man winter just around the corner. Two hours today. Home improvement. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby at the helm. We are casting off this voyage. Two hours here in the studio downtown. Everything that you want to talk about. Why? It's your question, your topic, your show, as Mike Miller of the KMOX Garden Hotline talks about it. Thank you for being part of your show and allowing me to be here on KMOX. 50,000 watts, Bosco in the background, my pet gerbil, running on the treadmill, generating all this electricity to broadcast this wonderful show. Uh, and I enjoy being here. This is my 20th year. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have phone lines open. Just for you, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Now, this is Labor Day weekend. I know, three-day weekend, maybe this is one of the big get-togethers with this kind of weather. Uh, Monday's going to be a little warmish, I, I understand that, but... We've got a great opportunity to get the whole clan together, everybody in the extended family over, or you visit somewhere, get to a park, whatever it is, it's a wonderful weekend to be outside, and we're going to talk about that. So if you are responsible for polishing up the house, the patio, the yard, the deck, whatever it might be, putting uh, the barbecue, the grill ready to go, we can talk about that and more. It is the time to think about the coming next season, which is fall. We don't jump right into winter yet, although this morning brought a few thoughts to my mind of what do I need to get done before the temperature drops, uh, and, and so many things to talk about. One thing I want you not to miss, please remember, uh, one of the biggest issues that we face as designers is how to manage water. You sound so confused, not understanding. It's like, water? We need water. We're made of water. We need lots of water. Well, the structures we build, design, and maintain, whether at home, at work, our careers, uh, institutionally, or in a shared government form, we have Mother Nature trying to turn us all back into dust. And we can talk about that. But understand that it's very important. Uh, I have 10 phone lines open. That question you've been wondering, oh, I was going to fix that deck th today. What? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll call Scott on Camway. Oh, I was going to refinish it. Or maybe I'm heading off to the store to buy something. To I wonder what he might say about how I'm going to go about doing it. Or you do it yourself. Or as you know, yep, at home warriors taking on that basement, the bath, whatever it is. Bring it on. I love talking to you. Uh, you're my kind of folks. Um, frankly, I do during the week what you are doing for fun on the weekends and, and spare time, spare time, spare time. None of that 
Hey, three-day weekend. 314-436-7900. Toll-free, 800-925-1120. It is Labor Day weekend. I want to put a tip of the hat out to everybody that helps take care of me. Uh, the road crews, the street crews, uh, the water company that has been inundated with this very hot weather. You know, hot weather or not, they're out fixing that. How about the Ameren and the electrical co-op folks that when we have adverse weather, they're there. They don't go home. Yeah, they're out taking care of business. Or what about the folks that just stock the grocery stores overnight, unseen, unheard, don't even think about it. You just go to the store and there's the stuff. Or who cleans the floor, takes care of all that. Uh, What about the folks that uh, just empty the trash cans at work for you? Yeah, Uh, all that. Or maybe in your home, when the temperature got to be 106 outside and your AC went... Yeah, that tech who came out and cooked in the sun fixing your air conditioner. All those people. And let's not forget the first responders. The first response, yeah, you know, the folks, you know, the firefighters, the paramedics, the uh, ambulance jockeys that are out there first on the scene, make sure that we're going to make it the next few minutes just so we can get to a higher level of care. Oh, yeah. We just don't think about all the things that work in our lives. Certainly, we live in an urban setting to some extent and then suburban and then out to rural. Wherever we are, those folks, whether volunteers, professionals, They're helping us. So I just want to uh, thanks, uh, put a thanks out to all the people that helped me personally. And I want to bring an awareness to you of all those unseen people that you and I benefit from every day. And that's how I like to look at Labor Day. Uh, You know, it's just an important piece. Anyway, so much to talk about here on University of Camwex. My name is Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. We are an architectural firm. We are a full construction firm. We've melded those two together. Uh, My dad was the architect of that. He put the two together into a design-build firm uh, where we are very close to the Frank Lloyd Wright Bauhaus where he didn't care what people called themselves. Frank Lloyd Wright said, here, I'll tell you what, you build this thing. Well, we don't have a design. It's like, well, you guys are architects. You draw it up. Well, we don't have a contractor. You guys are capable. You can build it. And so it couples. It, it basically eliminates all the excuses by having only one point of responsibility. I don't care what you're doing. You're the guy. You're responsible. You take care of it. You warranty it. If it flies, high fives. If it f- crashes, your responsibility, your warranty. So anyway, that's why I like the design build. When you separate that from the architect, you can get the smartest architect. But if he doesn't really get along with the contractor, you have war. And that means their third stool, the third leg on that stool, you, the homeowner, yeah, you're the mediator. You're stuck making decisions about who should do what. So anyway, I just like the simplicity of the design build, and that's why we thrive in that. This is our 70th year with Mosby Building Arts. Uh, I just keep the wheel rolling, um, and my dad really is responsible for putting this all together back in, uh, starting in 1947. So we can talk about that and more. We've got some great questions again. hoo Smartest listeners in the world right here on CamelX. We're getting right to the phones when we come back. So much to talk about today and so many things to share with you here on KMOX. 
now. Back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, here we are, home improvement, lots of fun, 50,000 watts to share and exchange ideas, information, questions, answers, favorite products, tricks of the trade, and all the information, experience that the KMOX family can share. Let's start sharing here. How about getting started with James? James, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help, sir? Hi, Scott. Uh, this is James over at Fairview Heights, Illinois. I, uh, a few years ago, I had a uh, retaining wall built. And this thing is over 200 feet long, but there's a section of it. By the way, I got a, I got a lifetime warranty from the guy that built it. Okay. But I have found that lifetime warranties are only as good as the man who gives them to you. Nonetheless. Amen. I, Amen. I, I hear you large, so much. Yeah. I have a large bulge in this wall. I don't know if it's ever going to fall, but it has receded. I mean, it's bulged out to the point where uh, the backyard has sunk. And the fence that was up on top of it is bent, and I don't know what to do with this thing. I, I know that um, you know there are uh, there's a helical apparatus that Helotech uses for walls and things for basements and all. But can something like that be done for this wall to to pull it in or to do something like that? These are 90 pound interlocking blocks. In okay. Wall. All right. So you got the big uh, the uh, frankly those unit. Um, stone retaining walls have so many joints in them. Uh, Helitech can do something like that, but they would apply kind of a stiff back uh, a piece of steel because they can pull anything up. The issue is you're pulling up, you know, 1,200 p- individual pieces. Um, and right. they, So uh, my experience here, James, is that wall will effectively uh, come down in that section. So it's a uh, surgical rebuilding, what has failed and maybe what has happened because that wall could have been built correctly the first time. If there's an overabundance of surface water that drains toward that wall, the wall is supposed to be built to handle that water. If something happens or it's too much or the wall was just built wrong in the first place, the side or lateral, there's a fabric that gets uh, laid in. Um, no doubt you were around when the wall was being built. Were you, did you see that kind of black material whether material fabric or a mesh thing that uh, went back up uphill of the whole of the uh, wall. I think he probably put some in, but I think it was probably inferior quality. Uh, and, I, and then the problem is the hydrostatic pressure. Then, yeah, I think built up. There was not enough uh, drainage, maybe through the wall, or ability to to uh, yeah. disperse the water away from the bottom of the wall, and that's what caused this bulge. And I, I mean, I'm trying to find some kind of a, an answer versus taking it down to the ground and rebuilding, very expensive to do that. And, of course, he's not around. He has uh, other businesses that he started and uh, has moved on, I guess. Wow. Uh, but I, I'm just I'm kind of at a loss of what to do because I'd like to sell this house eventually, but I don't want to sell a house to somebody with a wall like this that may fall. Right, right. Well, it may fall, and it is water. He, I, he just, in my opinion, he probably, how old is this wall? Probably 10 years old. Okay. Um, well, um, in my opinion, James, it's coming down. Um, you, you can do exactly, uh, what you're describing. So Helitech can come in and put big sections of steel in and pull that back. Uh, You know, their helical anchors can do just about anything. The issue with it is how do you get a big enough plate 
to spread that strength over so that you're pulling back enough of those stones. And if those stones have actually moved, um, you know, the issue you face is the actual soil behind it will prohibit that wall or found any wall from going back upright. So you're going to wind up fixing it. You're going to have a really kind of big noticeable thing that looks like a problem. The next buyer's going to be, you know, a little spooked by that. Um, I, I don't see another way around in, and, and especially if you got the, those 90 pound units, you know, those puppies can hold up a lot. It, that comes straight down to the fabric and the water management. And if that was uh-huh. insufficient, it has to be replaced. So don't think of it as the wall being repaired. Think of it as the water management being removed, properly installed and replaced. And then the wall put back up with the soil behind it. There's probably about a, a, a 20 foot section that's actually bulged. So it's not, you know, it's about 10%, maybe 15% of the entire wall that, that has this bulge. But, and the rest of it looks pretty good. But this is probably about a seven, eight foot high section. Okay. Um, I've, you know, I've had various people tell me that they could do it. Of course, they want you to take out a mortgage on the house to be able to afford to do it. So yeah. uh, it, it's expensive. I just, I don't want to sell this to somebody and it be unsafe. That's the worst thing that I could possibly think about doing is to give somebody an unsafe house. Um, so I'm just trying to be, uh, you know, a, a good citizen. I'm trying to be a good neighbor to someone I sell it to. But yeah. you think taking the wall down and back up and, and, and putting in the correct uh, fabric to, to uh, you know, disperse the water, that's the only way I can probably do it, you think? Yeah, that's the only sustainable fix. Anything else is going to be short-term, or you do something like a Helitech, you know, anchor, and then you have to have large plates, like a big washer, if you will, to spread that out over that space. Um, And then when it comes down to... you know, re- re- redirecting the water away from that spot. In 10 years, you can have a lot of surface water that decides it's going to go this place and instead of where right. it used to. So, it, you know, if you think it's expensive to fix it, you know, find out how much, how expensive it is not to fix it. <laughs> That's true. I'll give Helotech a call. I appreciate your time, Scott. I really do. Okay, James, I appreciate your question. Have hey. a great weekend. All right, you too, my friend. Bye now. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right, next up, let's see what's cooking with uh, Don. Hey, Don, welcome to KMWX. How can I help? And good morning to you, sir. Thank you, and same to you. Enjoy Labor Day. Oh, will do. Uh, first time caller, Scott. I had a old patio sunroom, and I decided to make it into a four-season room, mm-hmm. and they replaced the pad and put new cement down, and uh, that's about three or four weeks ago. And now I have a large crack, the width of the uh, patio floor, and I'm asked, wondering what I should expect the uh, contractor and the installers to do. Um, Don, did on this new concrete, did they put down footings that were two and a half, three feet deep? Did they put, you know, a, a foundation around this thing? I don't know. I, I expect that the company is very reliable, and I know the salesperson said, well, we won't have any more cracks because of what we put into it. So I assume that they did, but I was not there when it was stalled. Okay. Um, well, some of it, you know, the reputation matters. You know, they generally, people that have been around for a while know what they're doing, and uh, if something like that happens, um, I, I will say you poured that concrete during some really hot temperatures, and a crack, uh, you know, in concrete is not cause for concern. Um 
But the point is, uh, what are the consequences of that? If they have enough steel inside there, it really becomes kind of a cosmetic issue. But at 106 degrees direct sunshine, you're going to suck the water out of that concrete so fast it has to crack because it's shrinking very rapidly, which is why you hear, you know, hydrate, run a, a sprinkler on it, do it in the shade. So pouring well, concrete when it's hot well, is not a problem. Pour, was in the shade, Scott. Oh, man, you, you, yeah. Golly, I'm surprised. Um, Did they put a stress uh, line in there? Yeah. That, yeah, if you don't right, put right. a control joint on there and invite the concrete to crack attractively, you know, it'll it'll crack wherever it wants to, and that's the unattractive part. So that's, you know, all the joints and expansion joints and control joints you see in driveways, patio sites, all yeah. that. I, I think they missed that. And, um, you know, sometimes the strategy can be. Aired. Yeah. How can this be repaired? Uh, it, it really gets to, um, uh, are you about, are you at 30 days past that pouring? Yes. Okay, uh, the reason I ask is concrete is about 90% uh, cured at what they call 28-day strength. So after about a month, most of the movement and shrinking from water, just simple shrinking of concrete, has already occurred. So okay. now you can go ahead and fix it. On that, I would want to know what's the steel back in there. I mean, do you have um, a mesh or uh, rebar, whatever it is inside, uh, I would ask about some footings, find out, you know, do, what is your structural requirement? Is there a permit on this uh, project? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, you, you, then you've got f the proper footings in there, so I think you're in pretty good stead. Um, on fixing it really gets to uh, caulking it, you know, controlling the water and the migration, and, and then really uh, smoothing that. Uh, what kind of a finish will you have inside that room when you're done? I fin uh, thinking about putting down like a laminate uh, floor, uh, you know, one of those uh, uh, floating floors you call. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then I would uh, share that with the contractor because that may take a little bit extra effort at the joint because when you have a, a laminate floor like that inside, there's a um, moisture barrier, sh uh, plastic sheet, usually oh, yeah. a six mil. Well, when it cracks... Sometimes the plastic doesn't crack, which is a good thing. So now you still have your fully intact moisture barrier uh, underneath that slab, and then it's really just a cosmetic fix, which I suspect that's what you're facing. We've got a lot of concrete that over the last month, because of the temperatures, even in the shade, you know, it it dried rapidly, and okay. so. Okay, thank you for your advice. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Don, always the time to ask the question. And frankly, you'll find out what your contractor's made up made of when you ask three to five questions about this. Because, you know, we're consumers. We're not builders. So, I mean, you ask just reasonable questions. You should get a reasonable and thorough answer. And that that's where you find out what they're made of. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Don. Good luck, my friend. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camo X, Labor Day it is. We've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900. That's 7900 for those of you that are, you know, digitally impaired. Or 800-925-1120 here on Camo X. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on Camo X. 
All right, back together, home improvement. We are live and lively. So many things here uh, to talk about on KMOX. Uh, I do want to go back to the uh, retaining wall issue, and uh, you know James's comment of they, you know, the the cost of repairing is is very high. I, um, if your first contractor offered a lifetime warranty and is not honoring it or not capable, or the wall fell. Um, you know, that's one thing, but uh, maybe it wasn't properly uh, funded in the first place. The price of not doing it right, you know, was inexpensive, making that repair price look so much higher. So I also want to, you know, just put that out there because oftentimes in repairs, when you pay for it one time, two times, sometimes three times getting it fixed, all of those prices seem reasonable, you know, affordable. But they aren't comprehensive and they don't really fix the issue. So then to really fix the disease and not just the symptom, sometimes it costs more to take care of that. And also you're paying the, you know, the, the real price of building that wall section correctly. And, you know, then you're also paying to take it down, you know, to, uh, you know, safety issues with that. Anyway, we've got a comment here from Keith. Let's see what's cooking up uh, on this wall. Keith, uh, good morning. Welcome to CamelX, my friend. Hey, Scott. Uh, I own and operate a company that has as much of its business uh, repairing and constructing stone retaining walls. And I can tell you that we do a lot of repair of bowed walls, and we find that usually there are three things that have been done improperly that cause the bowing. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, inadequate base for the stone, in other words, the compacted rock that needs to go under the base course of the stone is usually inadequate and allows those base stones to shift. Improper or lack of what's called geogrid, that's what you were referring to. It's um, right. a stone wall's equivalent to a tie wall's dead men. Uh, so you, you, you take that geogrid at different heights up the wall and you lay it back into the excavation behind the wall. And if you don't do that, there's no horizontal support for the wall and it allows it to shift either forwards or backwards. Then the last thing and the most important thing is the drainage issue that you had mentioned earlier. What happens is people will backfill those taller walls, a six to seven foot wall would be an example, they'll backfill it with too much soil instead of backfilling it with with rock. Yeah, so, no, the so, so soil right next to the wall, not really gravel. Exactly. Yeah. And what happens is the soil absorbs water when it rains, and water weighs about eight pounds per gallon. So when you combine the weight of the water and the soil and the pressure that causes against the wall... That weight and gravity bows the wall. So the, the solution is to put as much backfill behind the wall as the wall is high. Yeah. So if you've got a six-foot wall or a seven-foot wall, you, you backfill from the back of the wall into the hill. You backfill six or seven feet, depending on the height of the, of the wall. And then that backfill needs to go all the way down to the base course of the wall. And in order to hold that gravel in what really is a pocket behind the wall, mm -hmm. you take a landscape fabric 
you put it down the back of the wall, you take it to the bottom of the of the wall, and then up the face of the excavation, and that rock lays in that pocket. Like a and swimming pool liner comes down the wall and then up the soil, and then the gravel sits in that swimming pool exactly. pocket, so to speak. Exactly. That way okay. the weight of the water is six or seven feet away from the wall, and whatever water passes through that pocket of rock, it will filter through the rock, and it will come out the joints of the wall. Or if you have the joints of the wall plus a perforated drain pipe behind the wall, that takes that water from behind the wall and allows it to go to the face or front of the wall and and keeps it thus from shifting or bowing. So uh, almost every time we find a wall that is, is bowing out or is shifting or is not staying straight uh, as it was when it was first built, it's because somebody shortcutted one of those three steps, the base, the geogrid, or the backfill behind the wall. So I, I I agree with you in the case of the gentleman who called in uh, with the bowed wall looking for Helitech or someone to sort of do a, uh, uh, a inexpensive fix of the wall. That's never going to work. It's never going to look right. Uh, he is much better off to take that section of bowed wall and just rebuild it. Pull out the old stones, rebuild the base, excavate, put in the backfield, use those old stones and restack them. Yeah, do it right. And, uh, it'll be fine. Do it right, or he's going to just yeah. be wasting his money. He's already got it doing wrong, and that didn't get him very far. That's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> or maybe it got it further than he should have moved. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Keith, thanks for the heads up and the tips on that. Uh, I'm very helpful to our certainly our listeners and uh, those of us that uh, learned from you. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Little help from our friends, University of CAMWEX, right here on AM 1120. We have so much more to talk about. Phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. And I'm yours and you're mine. And this is where we share information, knowledge, and experience. And I have learned a lot in 20 years. People say, where do you learn all that? Well, when you sit in this seat, every cocktail party we go to, every social gathering, and every Saturday for two and three hours sometimes, people tell me their best stuff. They ask me questions, and I learn so much. So that was one of the things when I first was invited to do this show. It's like, how in the world can I do this? I don't know everything. Well, you don't need to know everything. It's out there. We just share it. So think of me as really the interactor. Uh, but I, one of the best parts of this uh, position on KMOX is everybody tells me their best stuff. Wow. That's like being a walking library. Hopefully I can remember and share this with you right here on University of KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back to home improvement. Lots of things happening here. Let's go right to the phones and let's uh, speak with Mark. Mark, good morning. Welcome to CAMWAX. How can I help, sir? Good morning, Scott. I want to let you know I want to thank you for your service. I've been listening to you from the beginning. 
and uh, you have really given me a lot of insight on a lot of projects that I do around St. Louis. What I have this morning is a question. I've got a crowd mold that's made out of plaster, ceilings plasters, walls plaster, and the outside is made full masonry. Mm-hmm. Once I eliminate any kind of moisture coming through, is there any way to, as it were, to kill that festering in that plaster once I scrape it before I try to fix it? Well, Mark, the issue is the plaster will only fester or blister or effloresce if moisture is moving through it. Um, So, frankly, uh, that is the result of the water movement, not... Um, a uh, not the cause of it itself. So if you have that efflorescence, if you have that blistering, if your plaster starts doing anything like that, that is the um, uh, canary describe, telling you that water is moving through that plaster and it's escaping that crown mold or the wall behind it or probably the full masonry behind it. Uh, at that place for whatever reason, the density of the plaster or whatever. But that that is, uh, your problem is water movement, and the symptom is the actual blistering itself. So once I solve the moisture for coming through, do I just go ahead and scrape off the fester? Is there any kind of chemical that I put on there to get that plaster hard again, or just keep taking out what's loose and then go from there? Yeah, you're just taking out, uh, you know, the plaster that's loose. If you have very little of it and it's only surface, you can actually use skim coat plaster, which is a very hard, almost impossible to sand material, you know, and then you've got your brown coat material that's the build behind it. But really, uh, you know, I, I would, frankly, people say, how do I stop this festering? Well, keep in mind, and one thing I want to offer to you here, Mark, is... Um, If you have that plaster, we most commonly see this around fireplaces, and people think the fireplace is leaking and it's a water issue. Well, it is. But oftentimes in these full masonry towns like St. Louis, Chicago, all these places that had these great fires and are now typically a brick city, um, that brick gets very cold in the winter. And you can actually have vapor drive where the moisture comes out of the brick into the house, not because you have wet masonry, but you have very cold masonry. So think of it, uh, uh, think about a, a thermally broken window frame. If you have a solid aluminum or steel window, man, that cold comes all the way through and you'll get frost on the inside surface of that window frame. Now, put this plaster ceiling and then plaster cove, which is artwork in itself, right on top of full masonry. That big hunk of stone gets very, very cold and you will get condensation on the surface of that wall. But in addition to that condensation, you're going to have what's called vapor drive where the moisture inside that brick actually moves uh, always from high concentration to low. So it's going to move into that warm, dry room in the winter. Uh, And that's most commonly this stuff shows up in late winter, early spring. And that's uh, oftentimes it's condensation. So the real ticket is to separate the plaster ceiling from that big hunk of exterior masonry, whether it's the fireplace or the actual, you know, structural load bearing exterior wall itself. So a thermal break is the real ticket there. um, And, and, it's not always a leak, water, migration, you know, uh, fireplace issues. 
That's a great point because I never considered that. I always think of condensation when we talk about attics and things of that sort. But the fact that the solid masonry wall in the, in the wintertime, you're trying to keep it, you know, 75 degrees on the inside. It could be zero outside. You're going to have to have some kind of condensation taking place. I'm glad you said that. So I'll just check that out, make sure that, uh, you know, if that is the issue, I guess really the, there's nothing else you can we can do but make that thermal break. And I don't know if, you know, if that's really going to happen in this situation, but it's good to look at for, for down the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we can fix anything. Sometimes fixing it means we're going to rebuild how your plaster ceiling connects to the outside. Oh, I don't want to pay for that. Well, I get that. You know, that I, I get that consumer decision. It's like, well, your solution's too expensive. It's like, we fix it, but it's a thermal break. Well, golly, you know, sometimes the cure is worse than the ailment. You know, and the consumer and, you know, have to make that decision. So Exactly. Well, listen, I appreciate uh, your show and all the information you give every, every Saturday and keep up the good work. Right on, Mark. Back, right back at you there. All Thank right. you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Let's see what's cooking here and talk with Jim. Hey, Jim, wrap us up here. Hour one on the Home Improvement Show. How you doing and how can I help, Jim? Yeah, I've got a question for you. i got about a 10-year-old townhome mm-hmm. in the basement where the water supply comes through the wall, where the meter is. You can see over the last 10 years, I guess, it's probably water's come through there from the outside. I'm guessing it just leaks down. There's a little gap between the pipe and the actual hole itself. Mm-hmm. But what is it something I could put in there to stop that, or is it even possible to stop that from the pressure outside? Um, you're better doing it from the outside. Uh, so if there's a way to get to it from the outside without digging up, you know, all of the yard... Uh, that's the preferable way because then any kind of a membrane or waterproofing material, the soil, just like our friend was describing with the wall, all the water outside basically pushes against the wall and helps seal that material. So the outside is the preferable place for a membrane or a, you know, uh, an application. Um, Lacking that, Jim, uh, what's your pipe made of that comes through for the water? Is that copper? It's copper, right? Yeah. See, here's what happens is you wind up with, uh, you know, putting a copper pipe through it. If they put a cement-type material, even a waterproofing cement-type material, that copper, especially this summer... Uh, when it the water inside, when we get really hot temperatures, the water actually gets warmer inside the pipe, and that pipe then gets longer. That's why we've had all these water main failures, not because the pipes break, but they move. And when they move, you know, you get a thousand foot long pipe that gets half of one percent longer. That's a right. lot of disc bang you go. So that what I'm telling you is your copper pipe moves in and out and in and out. So it gets longer in the summer and that pipe thrusts inside your house. Then it gets colder in the winter and then the pipe shrinks and, you know, back into the soil. Uh, so it's kind of a caulking material. That's what I'm getting at here is no cement type material is the appropriate thing. So it's more of a caulk um, and silicone doesn't get along with moisture, so it won't stick to that. Uh, a right. urethane material or an asphaltic material, and the asphalt is the appropriate thing on the outside because you're going to bury it. You'll never get it all over yourself. But if you're going to do okay. it from the inside, Jim, then clean it off, dry it off, and then if you can, use a one-part urethane, which is generally the, you'll find it in the store, Macklin, Bird, Dunklin, M-D, um, they come different, uh, basically it's going to be 6 or $8 for a 10-ounce tube, and you're like, wow, what's worth that? Well, it's urethane. Yeah, yeah. okay. 
All right. Very good. I appreciate it. Right on. Good luck, Jim. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye. And so much to talk about here on KMOX. We had uh, really some good questions. We started out with James with a, re- James with a retaining wall that was failing. Uh, a couple callers later, Keith called back. A contractor explained what they usually find in a failed wall. And, you know, from my seat, it's usually they didn't do it right the first time. They probably didn't, you know, charge enough to do it right for the first time. And then the repair looks, uh, you know, obscenely expensive when you're finally funding it to make it go. Well, we'll see you hour two. Home Improvement right here on KMOX.